Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. Crazy old man in his own attic, episode 67. Wilbon, today we are going to start with baseball. The owners have delivered a proposal to the players about pay scales, if I understand it correctly, so they can start the season. It's a graded system where the more you make, the less you get on a percentage basis. The less you make, the more you get on a percentage basis. So, for example, Mike Trout is due to make $38 million. They want to actually pay him $6 million. But if you're due to make $1 million, you would get 430000 So it's it's not absolute, but it's in terms of percentage. Are the players right to be livid about this proposal from the owners? Tony, I'm not going to use the word right any time with this story. Um, I understand it sounds like the beginning of a negotiation. The owners put their proposal out there. Yep. The players reacted. And now it's up to the players and their people to put their proposal out there and have the owners react. And it's, I believe, Tony, that as far as, apart, as far apart as they may seem now, that they'll get this together. Because the, the repercussions, Tony, the consequences are so great for owners and players if they don't get this right and get their butts back on the field sometime soon. Because, Tony, with the state of the world, I'm, I'm not going to take sides. I don't care. I don't care that, that people, that privileged people, are arguing over tens if not hundreds of millions of dollars. And I don't think the general public cares, even, even ardent baseball fans, so this is a negotiation. I'll stand by and watch it. I'm not rooting for one side or the other. They better get it right. So I'm going to answer the question directly. I think the players are right to be livid about this proposal. They had signed a deal with the owners a couple of months ago that they would get it on a pro rata basis. So if you played 80 games, you'd get 80, you know, you'd get basically half the season. 81 gets you half the season. And now they're getting a haircut beyond comprehension. However, your point is right that people don't care about that. People will never side with the players because they will see the players as being particularly greedy. I had Richard Justice on my podcast today from MLB.com, and he said the problem here is time. He believes they have to have this settled by next week because they have to get out there and start playing by July. You can't play in November and December in your home stadiums for most of the country, so you can't do that. So he believes the compression is going to happen within the next week. Now, Richie believes that they're going to get a deal. I'm not sure I do, because if I was really making a lot of money, I might say, I don't want to play for this. On principle, and in fact, I don't want to play for this. But Richard Justice, who we respect enormously, says they're going to have a deal. Don't. I've said from the very beginning of this, they're going to get a deal. If they think that 1994, when there was a work stoppage, baseball's had more work stoppages than all the other sports combined. If they thought 1994 took a long time to rebound from, uh, four years plus, guess what would happen if they don't have a season now? I mean, look, and baseball has had things go awry during negotiations, and they haven't been able to reach an agreement as as those labor stoppages, work stoppages suggest. But, Tone, I I, I can't believe that the the powers that be on both the player's side and the owner's side don't understand the damage, the incalculable damage that they would be doing to the sport by not having the sport this time around. Let me just interject this one thing. What the owners have done here with this graded system of pay 
is they have pit players against players. That's very smart, and it's very nasty. And again, if you're a player, you're saying, what are you doing to us? Maybe they'll come to an agreement, and we all hope they will. But if you're a player, you're saying, hey, you're, you're, you're beating us down from both sides here. And then you take your proposal, and maybe you pit owner against owner. I mean, it's, that's what a negotiation is, right? Last I checked. Mark Cuban moving to basketball, Tony, has suggested a plan for how the NBA should return to action. Cuban says it's a must for all 30 teams to return to play for around five to seven regular season games. From there, the top 10 in each conference make the playoffs, so 20 in all, with the bottom six playoff teams playing a series of playing games, Tony, playing games. Um, do you like that notion of narrowing the field from 20 to the usual 16? Or do you like Cuban's plan? I'm not sure that Mark Cuban has all that much credibility anymore. A while back, it was Mark Cuban who said he knows a lot of doctors in the CDC, and they were being very optimistic, and he thought they'd be back by mid-May. Well, it's late May, and they're not back. After that, he said, we're not coming back at all because it's too dangerous. Now he's just trying to draw a big circle around Zion Williamson so he can somehow force-feed Zion Williamson into the playoffs because he's a big star and people want to see it. To me, this is very simple. You have played most of your season, which the NHL acknowledged the other day. You've played it. The season is basically over. You take your best 16 teams and you start playing. Let's go. Live basketball to me. Yeah, Tony, I think uh, this. if you want to play around with World Cup structure, you know, you want to do that with groups and that sort of play, do it next year. Do it going forward. You could have done it last year. You didn't do it last year. People are looking for familiarity and they're looking for competition Right now. And what they want to see is the playoffs because you have played your season. And it's already been defined. I mean, you know, having three teams tied for ninth or tenth, whatever it is, in the Western Conference. Sorry, i like to see Dame Lillard, too. But, you know, this year you're going to put your 16 teams out there. Doris Burke spoke very eloquent and and, and persuasively about this. And I like to be on the side that Doris is on like 99% of the time. And Doris also points out, Tony, that – the more teams you bring in, the more players you bring in and staffers and all that, the more people you expose to COVID-19 potentially. So why would you do that? Yeah. If health is your top priority, why would you do that? So for competitive reasons, for health reasons, start the playoffs. Mark Cuban and other owners want to get to 70 so that the owners have their pockets lined. And they and they are. They're afraid of what happened last year when the first round of the playoffs had terrible ratings. The first round of the playoffs this year going to have great ratings. The second round, the third round, and fourth round, great ratings. You're tossing up a live basketball. People are going to watch this. It doesn't matter what markets are not in. It doesn't matter. They're starved for live sports, and that's what you have to care about. Just start the thing already. Let us move. Let us move to golf and the event that we liked so much over the weekend, the match with Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Phil would like to do this again with Tiger. He'd like to actually make it an annualized event. He suggested playing it the day after Thanksgiving. It would have two other players again. It could be two players from golf or two players from somewhere else like it was with Manning and Brady. Do you think there's some sort of an appetite for an annual event with Phil and Tiger? Eh, eh. I'd like to see Phil and Tiger. I can see Phil and Tiger over and over again. You know, Tony, you have these things already. They're called pro-ams. 
You had this already. You had it at the at Pebble Beach. Remember how years ago they would show you much more of the amateur play from Pebble Beach. You had these events. Golf has always had these things, whether it's in the silly season or not. You bring in stars. You 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 have some sort of off season thing. That's fine. I don't need to see. I mean, how many people do I want to see? Romo and Steph. Okay, and then what? I mean, like most things, the sequel is not as good as the original. Now, I know Tiger and Phil, I think, have under, they're under contract for one more, a third and final event under this contract. So fine. Get Stefan and Romo fine. Do I want to see this all the time? Not really. If I do, I can turn it to the Golf Channel, and they can show me pro-ams on Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever they play them. See, this is a sincere disagreement because I really like this event. I thought it was better with two other people, and I thought it was specifically better with Manning and with Brady. Steph Curry and Tony Romo, I think, would be very, very good. Larry David and Bill Murray would be very, very good. Yeah, you want to know I've gold? Played with them, Tony. Mike Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser. <laughs> That's gold to be playing in this thing. And I want to get to one other thing that Charles Barkley said and was seconded uh, by Nick Faldo. Mike the players up at every tournament. We saw this in baseball when people are mic'd in the dugouts, how good it is. Mic them up at every tournament and let the announcers talk to them throughout because there's a lot of downtime. The only yeah. caveat to this for me is make sure every single player wears the same amount of equipment because you shouldn't be able to get an advantage by not wearing it. So even if you're not talked to, you got to wear it. But that is something that would make golf very good. And also putting in Michael Jordan. Just stick Michael Jordan out there to bet on every single hole with somebody. That would be good. Hasn't that been done already? By the way, I guess Phil said this to the L.A. Times. Tony, it's, I agree with you. I liked it. But enough. You know what happens when you people try to recreate these things over and over and over and over? The over and over stink. And they just don't measure up. So you know what? I'm declaring. Put Steph and Romo out there. Let Charles be on the course taunting them. That will be great fun. You and I could just go and hang around and then move on to the next thing. This is from a guy who has watched every episode of SVU for 25 years, and you love every one of those, but you don't want to recreate Phil and Tiger? What are you talking about? They're not sequels. It's episodic, big fella. You know how we like to save... You know how we like to save our boxing stories to the last block, Tony. Um, heavyweight champion Tyson Fury tells BT Sport that he was recently contacted about a potential exhibition fight with the man he was named after, Iron Mike Tyson. Fury says nothing has materialized since the call, but that he would definitely be interested. Tony, would Mike Tyson versus Tyson Fury be something that interests you. Okay. I know Who do the I have to, to apologize to for this? <laughs> Who do I have to say, look, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Everything that Mike Tyson is involved in is of interest to me. With Tyson Fury, it's of far greater interest to me. I would assume it's an exhibition match because Mike Tyson is 53 years old. I would assume they'd wear headgear. I would assume it wouldn't be three-minute rounds, maybe two-minute rounds. And I would love to see it. My my real feeling is, is that Tyson Fury would not batter Mike Tyson at all because he's in love with him. Of course he is. That, in fact, the one guy who could get hurt is Tyson Fury if Mike Tyson landed something, which would be hard because Tyson Fury is a foot taller than he is. But if you're asking me would I watch it, not only would I watch it, you'd come over and watch it with me. 
That I would watch. I would turn off of Phil and Tiger to watch Tyson versus Tyson. Yes, I would. And of course. And I, and I, I know we feel sort of, you know, sheepish about admitting this. And we, we definitely would watch it because we are boxing guys. We are not MMA guys as if they have any high ground as, as, as brutal and as barbaric as that thing is where you're, you know, dancing in people's blood the whole night on the mat. We would watch this, Tony, and it wouldn't be an exhibition. I don't believe it. Okay, so they wear headgear, and you mentioned shortening the rounds. I don't believe any of that. There's going to be money out there. These guys are going to get in the ring, and it's, instincts are going to take over, and it's going to be Tyson versus Tyson. Not only would I watch it on the telly, I would try to fly somewhere to be at ringside to watch it because I love boxing, and we are starved for that. Whether, during the pandemic or not, I think we're starved for it. People loved it for over a century. So, yeah, you and I would be watching. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't want to watch Holyfield and Tyson because I think at their age somebody could get really hurt. I disagree with yeah. you. I don't think somebody would get hurt in this. But sure, Mike Tyson for us is irresistible as an athlete. Of course we would watch him. Geico knows there are many reasons why you ride. From the camaraderie of the other bikers, a band of brothers, always there for you, rain or shine, to the amazing savings you get with Geico on your motorcycle insurance and accessories coverage all year round. But for Bucky Hornhill, it was one reason in particular. It was my helmet hair. I was born with helmet hair. I've tried to cut it a bunch of times, even buzzing it, but it immediately just goes back to helmet hair. Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance and fuel your life. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. All right, Wilbon, let's do the happies. Happy 23rd birthday, Daniel Jones. A year ago, the New York football giants, needing a new quarterback as Eli Manning aged, selected Daniel Jones out of Duke with the number six overall pick, which many people consider to reach. But Jones's coach at Duke, David Cutcliffe, had been Manning's coach at Ole Miss. Jones started sooner rather than later. He posted respectable numbers, 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 61.9 completion percentage, and 3,027 yards. But he lost 11 fumbles, and he was 3-9 and nine as a starter. He got advice from Tony Romo on how to maintain ball security, and as the Giants shook up their coaching staff, Jones got Romo's old coach, Jason Garrett, as his new offensive coordinator. The two young stars on the Giants' offense are Jones and Saquon Barkley. Barkley's already blossoming. Jones is a ticket waiting to be cashed, but he sure got the right nickname for a quarterback. It's Danny Dimes. Okay, you know, I don't give a dime about the nickname. But I thought that, you know, he had a he had a nice rookie season and people should be encouraged. If you're a Giants fan or you're affiliated with the Giants, you ought to be encouraged about his his season, is particularly him and Barkley, that that tag team pairing, Tony. I, I think that looks pretty bright to me, the future for the Giants. Happy anniversary, Lenny Randall. On this day, 39 years ago, the Seattle Mariners third baseman got down on his hands and knees and tried to blow a little tapper by Amos Otis foul. It appeared he succeeded as umpire Larry McCoy ruled the ball foul. But McCoy reversed himself and declared Otis safe at first 
when Royals manager Jim Fry protested that Randall interfered with the natural path of the baseball. After the game, Randall somehow denied he blew the ball foul, telling reporters, and I quote, I didn't blow it. I used the power of suggestion. I yelled at it. Go foul. Go foul. Unquote. Although Randall played for six teams and batted over 300 once with the Texas Rangers and once with the Mets and twice stole 30 bases, that play you just saw, that's Lenny Randall's career highlight. That one. You know what jumps out to me even more than him blowing the ball foul? Are those ridiculous, we used to call them double-knit uniforms with the waistbands instead of belts. My God, baseball has taken a better turn by going back to the sort of traditional uniforms that are trimmer than they were in the 1930s and 40s or whatever the gas house gang was wearing. But those unis, they were hideous. Happy trails to our previous happy trails to the XFL. Now that league owner Vince McMahon has pulled out of the bidding, The Athletic is reporting that dozens of bidders are pouring over the defunct league's financials and are interested in a relaunch next February. That would be XFL 3 if you're keeping score. XFL 1, with He Hate Me, lasted one season in what seems like 20 years ago, but it was 2001. The A-team XFL 2 didn't make it through the coronavirus pandemic and closed its doors after just five weeks this spring. Me, personally, I can't name two teams from that league. I got the D.C. Defenders, and then I'm stuck. But apparently some people believe the third time's the charm. One proposal for a new XFL would set up a 12-week made-for-TV tournament, which sounds to me like the voice with shoulder pads. Because the XFL can do it at once, since nobody is paying attention, maybe no fans wouldn't be a problem. The XFL and the AF pretty much had no fans in the stands. Tony, I would watch Phil and Tiger paired with Betty White and Cloris Leachman before I watched that. Oh, I like that. I've never watched it. Like that. I'm never going to watch it. I can't name one team in the league, okay? And so you can give me sequel upon sequel upon sequel upon sequel of anything else, and I'm doing that before I watch any spring football, but particularly the XFL, which you have just slurped and watched. You watched that this past spring for a couple of games worth, didn't you? I watched the D.C. Defenders, and I've forgotten who they played, but what you bring up is very interesting. What kind of handicap number do you think Cloris Leachman's carrying these days? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Cloris Leachman with an index? No, let's not consider that. Let's... <laughs> <sighs> Funny.